What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. What is up? What is up? What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? It's your man, Rev. Back at it again, like my man Rico says. Welcome to another episode of Rated Rev, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the business master tax, and it's on the only network, bringing you nothing but the best in Bill's content. You already know what it is, baby. It's the BF Network, Buffalo Fanatics. Let's get it popping. So glad to be here with you guys on another week. Sorry I missed you all last week, by the way. Um, last week, my family and I, uh, we we live we live uh, we live probably about a it's probably about a three hour drive outside of Dallas Texas and I'm an OU fan and my wife is a Texas Longhorns fan and and every year um, uh, we we try to make the trek to Dallas because we got family out there and my wife's brothers are there and my brother in laws and so uh, one is a a Longhorns fan and the other is a, a an Oklahoma fan and so we go out there and we and we just watch the game together you know I mean we weren't able to to actually go to the game. Um, itself at the Cotton Bowl, but we we but we did just watch it at the house and we had fun and so that's where I was. I'm a huge OU fan and so we got the chance to actually see the 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 Sooners uh get redemption on the Longhorns and whoop that tail last week. So that's where I was last week. That's why I wasn't able to join you guys live, but I was able to actually watch that pathetic excuse of a game in London and. Um, Oh, that game was awful. Okay, that game was awful, and I'm not gonna rehash it. I'm not gonna go all the way back and and, and do that again. Even though I didn't get a chance to to get on and and really just kind of you know get my rocks off about that game. There's some things I didn't like about it, but it's been said ad nauseum so far. So so that's in the past. Okay, let's hope that the Buffalo Bills left that in London, and they didn't bring it back with them to the states uh, for tomorrow night's game against the New York Giants. At Highmark Stadium, Sunday night football. It's gonna be, I don't know, what kind of game do you guys think it's gonna be? You know, I'm not too sure. Uh, I hope that this is gonna be an amazing game for the Bills. Let this be a get right game, you know, a game where the Buffalo Bills are able to right the ship and get back on track. You know, we're down one game in the division right now to the Miami Dolphins. I hated the way I hated the fact that we lost that game because of this, that simple fact. This is going to be a tight race between the Dolphins and the Bills, I believe, uh, the rest of the season, the rest of the way. And we were up on them jokers, man. We were up on them last week, and we lost the game. So now we're back. We had a tiebreaker over them. Now we're a game back. And so it's going to be a dog a dog race, man. It's going to be a dog fight all the way down to the very end. 
And the Bills just need to, it's, it's cliche, we hear him say it all the time, but they just need to focus on, you know, um, um, the game that's at hand. You know, take it week by week because it's a week by week league. And it, and it, it definitely is. And so and it starts this week with the New York Giants as Brian Dayball returns and Tyrod Taylor return. And so let's hope that these guys are able to right the wrong, make some corrections, get in the dub column. And keep it moving, right? Because that, at the end of the day, that's that's really us. That's that's all that matters, is that these Buffalo Bills are able to keep on going, moving forward. You know, uh, it's just sad that you know we had a loss like that last year. I mean, I mean, I mean, last week we we tend to have those kind of stinkers of games. You know, every every year. It's unfortunate that we've had two. We cannot afford to have any more. So let's get this thing moving forward. Let's take a look at the Giants, and let's look at a team that we should beat handily, okay? We should beat them handily, knock on wood. But on paper, when you look at the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Giants and then all of the other factors that come along with it, which we'll get into when we talk about the injury reports, the Bills should handle these guys. They should handle them prime time. At Howard Mark Stadium in front of the fans, Sunday night football. It should be a breeze. Or should it? We will see. What Buffalo Bills do you guys think are going to show up? Let me know in the chat. That's what I'm curious to know. Are we going to see some of the offensive woes like we saw last week? Is Josh Allen, the offense, going to be able to right this ship and get back on track? What about the defense? How is the defense going to look now? without Daquan Jones and without all-pro linebacker Matt Milano, both out indefinitely. What is the defense going to do now? How are they going to look? We already know, we, are, we already don't have Tredavis uh, White. Dane Jackson is, is iffy. I think he's questionable. So we're going to have, you know, uh, Christian Benford back, Kair Elam again. <laughs> Can he be trusted? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's this going to look like? Um, we'll talk about it. We're, we're definitely going to talk about it, but I'm, I'm I'm interested to know and you know your thoughts about it, and I'm, I'm curious to see how the Buffalo Bills show up Sunday night. But I want to jump right in. I want to jump right in and talk about the Bills Week in Review. Bills Week in Review and, you know, we already expected them to kind of, the media to kind of have their way with them after that loss, right? But what's really got my attention is, is uh, of course, injuries aside, right? Injuries aside, very unfortunate. The Bills lost two of the most important players so far this year on the defense and Daquan Jones, who, if I am not mistaken, was before he got injured, third in the NFL from the interior defensive line position um, in pass rush. And I think that's according to PFF. I mean, he was top five interior defensive line. He was having a fantastic start to his season, cut short, unfortunately. And then Matt Milano, who was doing his thing, likely on, on track to make another All-Pro. And again, and here we go. His season is cut short. So the Bills had to deal with that. We had a scare with Teron Johnson. Thankfully, 
you know, all is well, and he was able to go back in the game. Um, we lost Christian Benford for a little bit of time. And so the Bills are kind of trying to manage these injuries now going forward. Devastating injuries. And you know what? It's 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 one thing to say, you know, next man up, and and, and you you know, you look at the depth of the of, of the Bills defense and you say, All right, you know, we should be okay. But I'm with Vaughn Miller there. Like, like when he said, you cannot expect the defense to be as good as it was when those guys are playing. I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, he was, he was just keeping it a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like he was being honest, like, like those guys playing at that level, you just don't simply plug other players in and expect the production not to drop off. Right. Daquan Jones is a huge loss across the defensive line. Huge loss. Matt Milano, huge loss in the linebacker room. Huge loss. We know that. But at the end of the day, it's, it provides an opportunity for other players to step up and make a name for themselves. So we're going to see a lot of, of the rookie, Dorian Williams, from here going out, who, by the way, I thought, you know, played pretty well last week. So I'm intrigued by what I saw. I'm intrigued to see how he plays and how he performs for throughout the rest of the season. I think he's he's he provides something that's uh worth looking at, right? And looking into. Um I'm not well I wouldn't say that I'm not um overly concerned because Terrell Bernard has been playing very well. He's been playing very well and 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 I like what I see out of the rookie so far running chase guy. So as long as he's able to continue along that trajectory, that upper trajectory, I think we'll be okay. The defensive line, the interior of the defensive line, we're going to have to have these guys step up. Jordan Phillips is going to have to step up. Um, Tim Settle is going to have to step up. We're finally going to get to see Puna Ford for the first time this season. We'll talk more about him later on in the show, but it's going to require all hands on deck to move forward and that's kind of what the Bills have been dealing with this week has been trying to figure out, okay, you know, um, how are we going to, I wouldn't say replace, but really replace some of these guys that we lost and what is that going to look at, look like going forward? Another thing we, we've, we've been seeing in the media, and of course, for some reason, man, I don't know what it is with the national media, but they cannot keep their mouth off of this narrative surrounding Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I don't know about you, but I am beyond fed up with all of the nonsense. They have to, as if they don't have anything else to talk about, they have to keep this thing alive. They have to keep trying to fan these flames of, of this faux drama in Buffalo between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. And once again, you know, and I think after the game in London, when I saw it, when I saw Stephon Diggs on the sideline and he had the tablet in his hand and he was frustrated and he and he slammed it, I said, you know, the media is going to run wild with that. They're going to create some false narrative again about Stephon Diggs being the drama queen and he wants out of Buffalo. And lo and behold, that's exactly what's happened, right? And then you got clowns like Shannon Sharp jumping on TV, you know, uh, spewing his 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 nonsense. 
You know, like ever since he got on ESPN, he's just been 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 Stephen A. Jr. You know what I'm saying? Just just a bunch of nonsense. And so he was spewing this nonsense, you know, about Stephon Diggs and the drama and, and all this and blah 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 blah. But you know what 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 I am encouraged by is Ryan Clark. I don't know if you all saw it, but Ryan Clark um, was there in that kind of exchange where Shannon Sharp was just acting like a fool, you know, fanning these flames again. And Ryan Clark put him in his place. And I appreciate that. Check out what Ryan Clark had to say in response to Shannon Sharp's nonsense about Stefan Diggs. Here it is. I am so tired of us watching Stefan Diggs post-play reactions like we watching Taylor Swift. Like, that's not what it is. That, 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 that's not where it's at. We care about these things more than we care about production. And I disagree with you on this one, Shannon. It's not about his production. Stefan Diggs had eight for 121 and a touchdown. He doesn't behave this way when they win, even if he's not getting the football. This is a dude that wants to win games, and it's always been about winning games. When he stood on the field after the Kansas City Chiefs beat him in the AFC Championship, he stood on the field because he wanted to be back there. When he was upset because they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals last year in the divisional round, it was because they lost. It was because my production or my lack of production led to an L. Stephon Diggs been going crazy all year. There's only one game that he doesn't have over 100 yards. He starts the season with 10 catches against the New York Jets. He's not on the sidelines showing his quarterback up. He pissed off. They're not winning. And, like, that's what you want, and you understand those sorts of guys. Because when he was upset, what's the difference between those two interactions? The interaction in Miami, when he's, when he's big upping Josh Allen, is between him and Josh Allen. He and right. Josh Allen are having a conversation. He yes. is rooting on his quarterback. When yes. he was imploding in London, he was by himself. And that's it. Kudos, man, Ryan Clark. Shut that nonsense up, man. Come on. Like, like, there is no drama in Buffalo between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. There is none. There is none. And what do we – like, it's like the, 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 man can't, the man can't sneeze on the sideline without somebody in the national media talking about it, you know, and spinning it in a negative way. But what about when, when, when Tom Brady did it? Oh, it's always oh, Tom Brady is, is a fiery competitor and he's passionate about the game. What about when he's arguing – you know what I'm saying? And going toe-to-toe in an arguing match, you know, with his offensive coordinator on the sideline. Nobody had anything to say about that. Oh, it's, oh, Tom Brady is, is, you know, he's just this type of a competitor. And we love that about him. Nothing. Nothing. But Stefan Diggs, he can't have a moment by himself when he's watching on the tablet. And according to himself, word from him talking about how he was upset at the fact that he ran the, the wrong release, he's upset. And here's the national media ignoring what Stefan Diggs said himself, ignoring the fact that he just told y'all what was up, spinning this garbage nonsense about him being, a, you know, this diva and this drama and, and all. Yo, man, I am fed up. You know, I, I, I can't stand it. I can't say it's, 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 it's beyond absurd. It's getting, it's ridiculous. They have nothing better to do. But it's like the Buffalo Bills have a target on themselves this season. It's like, it's like, it's like the Buffalo Bills, you know, they, they, they were the media darlings last year, right? Uh, Super Bowl favorites and all that kind of stuff. And, it's, and, and after, you know, 
they let everybody down in the playoffs. It's like now, like the national media is like, oh, I'm gonna get you for 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 letting us down because we picked y'all to win the Super Bowl in the preseason, in the offseason. After 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 what after what we witnessed, you know, uh, Josh Allen do to uh, uh, Pat Mahomes in the playoffs, you know, two years ago, which prompted us to pick the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl in the offseason last year. The fact that you guys didn't win it, we're upset. And so now, any little thing that happens in Buffalo, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna blow it up. They petty, man. They petty. They in their feelings. They in their feelings. They nobody tell y'all to pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl last year anyway. That was y'all. But it is what it is, man. That's what they do. But it's highly frustrating. It's getting on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? It really is. But hey, as long as the Bills keep winning, that's all that matters to me. And I think. The only way the Buffalo Bills are going to shut them up is if they win the whole doggone thing. That's really it. They gotta, the Bills got to win the whole thing. They got to win it all. And even if they do win it, they have to win it in such a way as not to make any excuse. You know what I'm saying? Because if they win and they win a game by three or by seven, it's going to be because, oh, well, whoever they faced, you know, made these mistakes. It ain't because the Buffalo Bills won. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to find a way to spin it. I don't care what they, that's what they're going to do. So the Bills got to go out and smash these folks. That's the only way we're going to, we're going to stop this nonsense, man. And it's, it's, getting on my, it's, it's getting on my nerves, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry. I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But on, on, the, on the other hand, I do like the fact that we're kind of like in this, in this space where, like, do y'all like the Bills or do you hate the Bills? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this love-hate relationship. It doesn't help the Bills none when y'all lose games you should win and you don't show up in London like you should have. You know what I'm saying? They don't help the case. But the Bills just got to keep on, man. Put the Just 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 keep being focused, man, and, and win these games. That's it. That's it. And that's what I'm looking forward to. But, but uh, yo... I couldn't stand it. I had I had to speak on it because, of course, that's exactly what the media was going to do. It's exactly what they were going to do. Can you blame them? Yeah, I can blame them. Let's keep it moving, man. Let's keep it moving. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on that. But as I look forward now, as we move forward, and we get ready to talk about this this game between the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills. I have to bring out an old but, you know, new segment from last year to the show. And that is Rev's Roses. I have to give some roses to, you know, last year I would give roses to, uh, uh, you know, some players based upon their performance from, you know, the previous game. But right now, I got to give some roses to an entire unit. And it's not really based upon what they did the previous game. It's really what they've been doing all season so far. Five games in, this unit right here deserves a rose. And that is the Buffalo Bills pass rush. Y'all give, give it up. Drop the roses in the chat. Drop the roses in the chat for the Buffalo Bills pass rush because entering week six so far right now, the Buffalo Bills pass rush, they lead the NFL in sacks. 
with 21 sacks. Now, hold on. Let's, let's just pause right here. Let's pause. How many of y'all, by a show of emoji hands, thought that the Buffalo Bills would lead the league in sacks five games in right now? I sure as heck didn't. I had expectations. I had certain expectations, but I didn't think that they were going to lead the league in sacks. After five weeks, this is not just a, a, a couple of games. We're talking about five games in the bank. The Bills have generated 21 sacks. Lead the NFL. But not only that, but they've generated the fourth best quarterback pressure rate in the National Football League. 41.7% QB pressure rate. Fourth best in the NFL. But this is where that stat really is, is mind-blowing. Because they've only blitzed the fourth lowest rate in the NFL this season. So Sean McDermott has come in right now, first year OC, I mean DC for the Buffalo Bills, and he has he has generated the fourth most pressure rate in the NFL, despite having the fourth lowest blitz rate in the league. So he's only rushing four for the most part. Simulated pressure, you know, situational pressure here and there. But the Bills' defensive line have been getting after it with just four. Four-man rush for the most part. 21 sacks. And then across the defensive line, and really the defense in general, six players got multiple sacks. Six players counted six with multiple sacks. And the one who's leading the Buffalo Bills in sacks is a guy we just picked up in free agency this offseason to a, a very, very, very cheap contract in Leonard Floyd with five and a half sacks. So, man, yo, shout out to the D-line. Shout out to Eric Washington for coaching these guys up. The Buffalo Bills defensive line, specifically their pass rush, you guys deserve a rose, man. Shout out to that guy, to that unit. They have been doing the doggone thing this year, man. They really have. And uh, it's, been, it's been refreshing to see because we know that's been an area that the Bills have been missing. We thought that we were going to get it last year. Von Miller goes out. Here's his ACL. So now we're going to this year, and, and we've seen Greg Rousseau enter into his own, you know what I'm saying? And he's doing his thing. We got Ed Oliver. We got Leonard Floyd. We got A.J. Epinesa doing his thing. Daquan Jones is doing his thing before he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are eating across the entire defensive line, and I absolutely love it. Shout out to the Bills' pass rush going into week six, earning a rose. Moving on, we've got to talk about some injury news, um, injury news, Bills' injury news, and really the uh, New York Giants' injury news, too, ahead of this game. So when we look at the injury report, it seems as though, and where did it go? It seems as though going into this game for the Buffalo Bills, we have got three players with a questionable tag going into this game. Cornerback J Dane Jackson, who has really been limited, um, well, didn't, didn't, did not participate all week um, outside of yesterday with uh, a foot injury. But we could be without both of our tight ends. 
and Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid uh, was in concussion protocol last week, and then Dawson Knox dealing with a wrist injury. All of them, well, both of them were limited in practice the entire week, and so they are questionable for this game. I, you know, if, let's just say hypothetically, okay, hypothetically, Kincaid and Knox both do not play. What's your level of concern for the offense? What is your level of concern for the offense if, if both Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox do not play this game? For me, when you look at what the Buffalo Bills have been doing offensively under Ken Dorsey in the second year Colin plays, they have they have been a heavy 12 personnel offense, right? Playing two tight ends quite often. If you go into this game without your two without both of your tight ends, leaving you with only Quentin Morris. They, that, that means that they're going to have to switch things up. They cannot play that, that, that personnel package. They, can, they can't do it. They don't have the personnel to do it anyway. And so we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see um, more of the 11 personnel that we saw last year and even in years past with, with Brian Dayball, where they, they trotted out, you know, the three receivers and in, even, even, even maybe, you know, uh, 10 personnel to a degree. Um. I wonder if it's going to take some time for the offense to kind of gel into that personnel grouping, considering they haven't really run, run it a whole lot. But I am curious, you know, if they lose those two players, what is it? What is the offense going to look like? <laughs> Jayco, funny. Jayco comes in. He says, yo, we, we don't lose. We don't use them anyway. It sucks, but we don't, you know, I really can't, I really can't disagree with you a whole lot on that, man. You know, because uh, for the most part, you know what, uh, Ken Dorsey doesn't really. I mean, he has he he has him on the field, right? But in terms of production on the field, uh, it's very minimal. All right, let me look at Dawson Knox's stats because Dawson, you know, he's he's getting he's getting more reps than than Kincaid is. But uh, Dawson Knox hasn't really been doing much. Surprised or not, or not surprised by that? I mean, well, when you look at the contract that they paid him. Yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, you know, you'd be surprised by his lack of production. So, oh, my gosh, this this can't be true. I'm looking at Dawson Knox's production so far this year. Five games in. Five games. Let me see how many snaps. This is This is ridiculous. It really is. Five games in, Dawson Knox has 11 receptions for 75 yards and one touchdown. 11 stinking receptions in five games. 11. 19 targets. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yo, that's not good. And, and I, don't even, I don't even want to see Dalton Kincaid because we know he's like, you know, they don't even throw the ball to him, which is another topic of conversation we really can have. It's like, what? We all were, were sold about Dalton Kincaid, right? This year, we were sold the, 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 the story like, hey, man, you know, um, they traded up for him because he's going to be used as like a big slot receiver. They didn't, you know, they're trying to find that slot guy to replace Cole Beasley and whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so they got this guy in Dalton Kincaid because they want to run this 12 personnel and they want to be more 
more versatile in offense and use him as a mismatch nightmare for against linebackers and DBs or whatever. And, you know, oh, he's this exceptional route runner. And they don't even use a guy. Five weeks in, they barely even use him. Like, for what? I need, I need, I need Ken Dorsey to do better. I'm not, I'm not here to rag on him just yet, but I do need more production out of my first round draft pick that they traded up for and told us all was this matchup nightmare. Now, granted, he may be, but if he's not being utilized, how much of a nightmare is he? You know what I'm saying? And so, anyway, how did I get off on that? How did I get? Oh, I'll, oh, I'll, I see. I was talking about how Dawson Knox is and 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 uh, Kincaid are questionable for this game. We'll see. Some other guys are going to step up if that's the case. We, we're going to have to see more out of out of Deontay Hardy, Trent uh, uh, Sherfield. We got to see more out of out of uh, my man. Um, Golly, I'm drawing a blank. Killer Shakir. My bad, Killer Shakir. We have to see more out of it. I do think that I do think that one of the two will play. One of Kincaid or Knox will play. I'm not too sure if both will. One will play. I think I think Knox will play. Um, I think he can probably you know manage that wrist injury. I, I don't know the severity of it. I haven't you know read any news about the severity of it. But I, I foresee him playing. Kincaid coming out of that concussion protocol. I'm not too sure. But we shall see. We shall see. Also, um, we saw the um, addition of Balen Specter. Now he got he got called up. So linebacker Balen Specter is going to be um, called up this week too. So they got that rotation going on in the linebacker room. So we'll see, man. But but for the most part, I mean the injury list, comparatively speaking. Now when we talk about the New York Giants, oh my gosh. Ooh, I mean we thought we had it bad. We thought we had it bad. Bills Mafia, have y'all taken a look at the Giants? And I'm not trying to, I'm not laughing because, I mean, it's really sad. Like, can you imagine, um, can you imagine the Buffalo Bills at this kind of injury list? I mean, doggone it, they, they, like, they're, they're missing almost every single player. <laughs> like, is that, that's how bad it is. Let me pull it up. I just had it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, the offensive line is already having some issues, but good grief, man. Good grief. Like the amount of guys on that injury report is it's unheard of. Where is it at? I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, I can't find it. I just had the doggone thing and now I lost it. But anyway, we know that they're without, I think, um, both of their, of their starting offensive tackles. We already know that they're not, not going to be without, I mean, that they're going to be without Daniel Jones. We know that already. Saquon Barkley, I think, is questionable. But there are a slew of other players um, that are not going to make this game. Here we go. Daniel Jones, out. Linebacker Micah McFadden, questionable. Defensive end Aziz Ojolari, out. Offensive tackle Matt Pearl, out. We've got uh, of the starting center, 
So they got three guys across the offensive line that are out. John Michael Schmitz, out. Andrew Thomas, the starting tackle, out. Darren Waller, questionable with the, with the groin injury. Um, Deontay Banks is, you know, okay, he's good. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I already mentioned him, questionable. Running back Gary Brightwell, questionable. Shane Lemieux, guard, questionable. Defensive tackle DJ Davidson, questionable. Evan Neal, questionable. There's their other starting tackle. It is. That's a lot. That's a lot. And and uh, so it really goes to what I had mentioned earlier about the Buffalo Bills. Like they should handle these guys. When you consider the fact, just I mean, just talent level only, right? But then the other factors, like this injury report, this long list of injuries, the Buffalo Bills should handle the New York Giants. They should handle them. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I really don't know what they're going to do, man. That, that, that's a tough position to be in. I, I, you know, I hate it for, for, for Brian Dayball, man. And, you know, I like Dave's. I hate it for those guys. But, hey, man, it is what it is. You know, next man up. But, man, God, can you imagine if that was Buffalo Bills with all those injuries? Jeez, Louise. Oh, my gosh. It'd be a tire sale. Tire fire sale right now. We, 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 we would be up in flames right now. Like the Buffalo Bills talking about the season is over. All these guys out. It'd be crazy. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty. And I agree. Ronald Ringler says, yo, it's, it's no excuse. To not beat these guys. No excuse. What Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the New York Giants, with all of these injuries, managed to beat the Buffalo Bills on primetime in Buffalo? Can you imagine? I don't even want to think about it. I really don't. The media narrative, they will go, they will be in a frenzy if the Bills lose to the We cannot lose to them. We can't even make it close, okay? Don't even make it close. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, uh, yeah, Nate says, yo, season's over if we lose. Season is over if we lose. <laughs> yeah. The Buffalo Bills, man, uh, they have a favorable matchup the next few games. And so the Buffalo Bills should should get back on the winning column and get back in that conversation of being one of the top teams in the NFL and righting some of their wrongs um, from last week. But you know what? You know what? You know what I like? I like how um what Zbot said. He said uh you know on his show on uh, Monday, and I really agree with him. I, I, he he was talking about how nobody's gonna care about what the Buffalo Bills do these next few games. Nobody is going to care what they do because when you look at who they're facing, New York Giants, the uh, New England Patriots. And then um, what is that next game after the Patriots? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These three games, nobody is going to care what the Bills do these next three games. It's, it's, I mean, it's, and it's very similar to what they, how, how they felt about the Bills after they lost against the Jets. They lost against the Jets. Nobody cared that they beat the brakes out, out, off of the, the Raiders, uh, uh, the, 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 the Commanders. You know, they didn't care until we played the, the, the Dolphins. And then we beat the brakes out of them, and then everybody's like, "Oh, the Buffalo Bills are back." Lose against the against against the against the Jaguars in London, horrible loss. Nobody cares now. The Giants, the Bills could beat them by fifty. Nobody will care. We go to the Patriots, who are awful. Bills could could beat them by a hundred. Nobody would nobody would care. 
Bills could beat the Bucks. Nobody would care. You know when they're going to start caring? As long as they're winning. You know, you know when they'll start caring? November the 5th against the Bengals. That's when all eyes will be on the Bills. What are the Bills going to do against the Bengals? That's a long way from then, from now. But that just, that, that, that's the bed that the Bills have put themselves in. When they lose, this is what it is. Nobody's really going to care. But it doesn't matter anyway. Because the Buffalo Bills have to go out and handle business. They have to handle business. And that's what I'm expecting them to do. Definitely is what I'm expecting them to do. Shout out to you guys, man, for joining me live right now. Um, do me this favor. Smash that like. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. Go to supportbf.com and make sure you follow the Buffalo Fanatics on all of our social media platforms. This is a this is gonna be a it's gonna be a roller coaster season. I hope, I hope we don't get too many more. I hope we don't get any more of these lows, right? But this is going to be a dog fight all the way to the end. I'm just talking, I'm, I'm just talking about just the divisional race. We got to keep up with the Dolphins. As much as I hate to say it, we really do. And even though the Bills beat the living daylights out of them, that doesn't mean that that's not a good team. <laughs> They're a very good team. A very good team. Uh, offense is, 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 is doing, you know, no hiccups. So the Bills are going to have to keep up, man, and hope that the Dolphins can lose in order to get one up on them. You know, when I'm, when I'm looking at, at, these, at these injuries that the Buffalo Bills have sustained so far um, and, and going into these just Giants game, you know what's on my mind? Because we look at no Trey White, and so we've got Dane Jackson who's injured. We've got Christian Benford coming back off of a shoulder injury. We've got Kyrie Elam who has been so underwhelming this year. And really just since he came into the league, very underwhelming for a first-round draft pick. And we look at the depth, and we look at the fact that the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean, went on and got Josh Norman. Oh, my gosh, of all people. What is he, 35 years old or something like that? As if there's no other cornerbacks, you know, out in the market that he could have brought in. I don't know about that one. Anyway. It really has me thinking and wondering. Does Brandon Bean make a move? Is it time for Brandon Bean to make a move? It's almost like we we have this conversation every single year ahead of the trade deadline. Oh, is Brandon Bean gonna make a move? What is he gonna do? Is he gonna add this player? Is he gonna add that player? Is he gonna be active, you know, in the trade market, you know? He needs to bring this player. I mean, it should be all in. But when you look at things, though, all things considered, the cornerback position, maybe linebacker, too, to a degree. I don't know how much, you know, we'll see. But the cornerback position, when you have an underwhelming first-round draft pick in Kyrie Elam, you're without Trey White again. So now you've got Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Beyond that, on the outside, you have nothing. You really don't. Cam Lewis, you know what I'm saying? Like, does Brand- is this the year where Brandon Bean looks at his roster and looks at the window and looks at the, the what's in his division and seeing the Miami Dolphins and then seeing how, 
how how close of a race this really is throughout the conference and how important it is for the Bills to capitalize on this window that they do have before they lose guys like Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. Does he get aggressive and push his chips all in and say, you know what, forget it. You know, I, I, I know my MO is really building through the draft and, you know, adding some key pieces here and there in free agency. But, man, now I need to really just put my chips in and just bring a guy in at the trade deadline to get us over the hump. Is this a year when Brandon Bean does that? Is it justifiable is what I'm asking. For me, I think, look, if you're able to swing it, I say go for it. Swing for the fences. Right, because no, nobody's waiting for the bills. Nobody's waiting for the bills, and nobody's really afraid of the bills either. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, the bills. I'm and I'm not, I'm not discounting the Buffalo Bills, and I'm not saying that they're not a legit Super Bowl contending team. The Bills will, will will be in the conversation. I guarantee it. But what I am saying is this: like the gap is is getting closer. Is this the time when I mean, should Brandon Bean just should he be? conservative shouldn't he be conservative and he'd be like you know what uh i trust the guys that i have on the roster you know we're okay we'll be okay we'll manage yeah we don't have matt milano yeah we don't have trey white and and yeah you know uh Kyrie elam has been underwhelming and uh we'll be okay sean mcdermott is calling the defense we'll be okay Ken Dorsey in the offense. I trust that these guys are not going to have another stinker of an offensive performance. We'll be okay. Like, at what point does Brandon Bean say, no, forget it. Forget it. You know what I'm saying? Forget with the hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not hoping that this stuff works out. Let me do everything in my power to make sure it does work out in our favor. And if that means me acquiring a player ahead of the trade deadline that's going to improve this team, and get us in a position where we're, I feel better and more confident in our ability to really compete at the end of the day and not have to rely on such thin depth, then I'm going to do it. I think that's where Brandon Bean needs to be right now. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, he has to be concerned about the cap and he has to be concerned about the, the, the long-term ramifications of all this. But come on now. At what, at what point do you say, forget it? You know, who cares? Let's just, let's just let's just let's just go all in, and 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 try to win the doggone thing, and we'll and we'll deal with we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If it blows up in our face, it blows up in our face. But at least we went out swinging, and at least nobody can say the Buffalo Bills did not go out swinging. But can you imagine losing again and losing again and losing again when you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Stephon Diggs getting older, Jordan Poirier? on the way out at the end of the season and you got Micah Hyde and you got, you know, who, who's, you know, a, a year behind Poyer and he, you know what I'm saying? Like you keep on losing. At what point do, do you, know what I'm saying? Do, 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 do you turn to, to Breen and be like, Hey, do we need to cut the heat up? We can't continue along this path of just sitting on our blessed assurance, hoping that things are going to get better. We can't do it. I'm of the guy, you know, I'm of the, the belief, man, hey, hey, be aggressive. Go for it. Go for it. I think Brandon Bean does need to make a move. Now, what does that look like? You tell me. 
What does it look like if Brandon Bean is to make a move? I mean, on what side of the ball? If he were to make a move, on what side of the ball should it be? Should it be on the offense or the defense? If it's on the offense, what position group do you think needs to be addressed? If I'm looking at offensively, I'm always I'm always wanting weapons. Give me give me a wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like another wide receiver. Because Gabe Davis, as good as he's as as he's playing, he's kind of you know he's he's almost like you know in fantasy football when you look at your lineups and you and you know you look at a player and you're looking at him and, and, and it has his boom or bust rating. And like Gabe Davis, well, you know, at the end of the year, he's gonna have numbers that 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 are, are are on target or on par with other wide receiver twos across the league. But when you look at it from a from a week to week perspective. It's very boom or bust with Gabe, right? It's very, very up or down. There's very, there's no, there's no consistency with Gabe. You know what I'm saying? In terms of his production, this is what you can, this is what you can expect week in and week out from Gabe. He's gonna give you X, Y, and Z. No, there's some day, there's some games when he just when he booms, and there are other games when he just busts and he just does not perform. And you're like, where is he? I for one, I don't like that. I need consistency. You know, when you look at Stephon Diggs, you know what he's going to give you. Week in and week out, you know what Stephon Diggs is going to give you. Every single week this year so far, outside of the Raiders game, Stephon Diggs has over 100 yards receiving. You know what you're getting, you know what you're getting out of him. There's no up or down with him. You know what I'm saying? And oh, by the way, I think he's like, like tops in the league. When it comes to uh, receiving touchdowns, too, like he's he's he he's him, he's him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, number one in the league, five touchdowns. But Gabe Davis's guy that that I'm like, okay, I need him to 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 get somewhere and just be consistent with it. You know what I'm saying? And this is not this is not this is not a dig. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking shots at him. I love Gabe. I really do. I just want some more consistency out of him. And so when I look at that. And then I look at, okay, well, who's behind Gabe? Well, doggone it, we, we're not getting any production out of Deontay Hardy. We sure as heck ain't getting any production out of, out of Sherfield. We're not getting any production out of Khalil Shakir. So, heaven forbid, the, heaven forbid, and I hate to say this, but we have to bring it up, and it, for argument's sake at least, heaven forbid the Buffalo Bills have to go without Stephon Diggs for any amount of time throughout the season. What is that offense going to look like? And I know people can say, well, Rev, I mean, the same can be said for the Bengals. You know, what is that offense going to look like when they, you know, without Jamar Chase? Or what's the Dolphins going to look like without Tyreek Hill and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but they, they have consistent number twos. You got you got T. Higgins. You got, you got Jalen Waddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gabe Davis is out of consistent number two week in and week out. But when if 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 digs if you remove digs from the equation for a couple of games, I hope this doesn't happen. Okay, but just for argument's sake, how confident are you in that in that offense? Are you confident that Gabe Davis is going to be able to line up against cornerback ones and hold his own? Are you confident? That the next man up, we Deontay Hardy or Trent Sherfield can step up and and really take another uh, uh, you know another role. Like for me, I'm not. That's why I'm like, yo, 
at the trade deadline, if it's on offense, give me another wide receiver. Give me another wide receiver. And a lot of, you know, people have been floating this name around, and that's Jerry Judy from the different Broncos. I know many people probably don't like his attitude. You know, when you look at him, you know, and, and you listen to him, you know, yeah, you probably, he's probably, you know, he probably ain't ain't the, you know, the most. He's probably not a not not a. I'm trying to I'm trying to really find a PC way to say this. You know what I'm saying? But he's probably not the best guy in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? In terms of attitude, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know the guy personally. Just saying when you when you hear him and all that kind of stuff, or you see his antics. You know what I'm saying? But talent-wise, even though the production may not be there throughout his, his early career, the talent is undeniable. And if you were to pluck Jerry Judy out of the Denver Broncos lineup and put him in the Buffalo Bills right now, can you tell me that he would not make the Bills offense better? The angry gamer says, no. <laughs> he said, no. He says, Jerry, he says, yo, our offense is fine. Defense is where, where we need help. And, 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 uh, and, and he says, Jerry Judy can stay a Bronco. I mean, okay. But from depth perspective, I mean, just look at it from a depth perspective. What are, what, what are the Bills going to do, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are they going to do? I, you know, call me greedy, but I'll, give, me, give me all the cookies in the cookie jar. You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't just give me one. Don't offer me. You know what I'm saying? Like like one one chip. No, nah, man. Pour me some in my hand. You know what I'm saying? What you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like for me, like, hey, give, give me, give me, give me all the weapons we can get. And and I think adding a guy like that, I mean, come on now. Like, just think about it. Like this offseason, we're all we were all gung-ho about about the idea of of DeAndre Hopkins coming onto the team. You can't tell me with a straight face that if DeAndre Hopkins had signed with the Buffalo Bills instead of the Tennessee Titans, that you'd be upset. You can't tell me that. And no, I'm not comparing Jerry Judy to DeAndre Hopkins, but I am saying that the addition of a player in the wide receiver position was very intriguing to a lot of Bills Mafia. A lot of Bills Mafia. So that's all I'm saying. Now, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, I would agree that is where you need the most help. Cornerback. I mean, can we just we we? I mean, Brandon Bean to send somebody over there to, over to Denver, and just just pluck guys off of their roster, because a guy like Patrick Satan is the guy I would love to have. That's probably me dreaming, because that's ninety nine percent unlikely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's not gonna happen. But. Making a move like that to me would would let me know that Brandon Bean ain't playing around. It really would. If this trade deadline comes and goes and they do nothing but be content with who we have on the roster, considering all, considering the key injuries that we have to the defensive side of the ball, I'm gonna feel some type of way about it. I really am. I really am. I want I want Brandon Bean to make a move. I do. I, and I do. I kind of feel this way every year. But even the more so this year, especially because we lost Trey, man. Oh, dude, we lost Trey, and then we lost Matt and Daquan. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Come on, man. Those are three huge pieces. Huge. We're talking about two all pros and one that was on his way to being an all pro this year. On the, on, on the three levels of your defense, key places. It's going to be hard to replace. It really is. So that's why I'm saying, like, like, hey, man, Brandon Bean, he might need to do something. He might need to do something more than bringing on a guy like Josh Norman at 35 years old. What is he going to do, really? Is he, just, is he just there, like, to mentor the guys because he knows the defense? Like, really? Like, your coach can't do that for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. You need a guy? Anyway. I digress. I digress. Let me know in the chat what you guys think about it. Who should who should Brandon Bean go after ahead of the trade deadline? Trade deadline, excuse me. If he is to go after somebody, who should he go after? Um, I, I want to take this time right now to go through the chat to see uh, what you guys are saying here. Uh, yeah, so I don't see any names. So apparently, you guys are cool. You think, hey man, you think you think. The Bills don't need to make any moves. All right. We'll see. Uh, GQ comes in. GQ, B-O-B, comes in with a super chat. GQ, appreciate it. He says, yo, Rev, trade Elam in a fourth or fifth for a cornerback. Who do you like as options? Well, I mean, I already kind of said who I like. I like Pat Satan. That's a guy that I would get. Like, if, if I'm going to trade for a guy, it's going to be a guy. It's not going to be it's not going to be a jag. Like, you know, like Steve Smith said, just another guy. It's not going to be that. No, he's going to be – it's going to be him. And Pat Satan is him. And the, and the thing I like about Pat, man, is that, yo, he is – I think – what is he in his second year? I think he's in the second year of his rookie contract. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I also think he's only like 23 years old. The dude is young, ridiculously young. And when you look at that Denver Broncos team right now, they're hot garbage, right? We can all agree. They're garbage. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. Beyond bad. Like, set that thing on fire and, you know, let it burn. That's how bad they are. They may be... (laughs) They may be getting ready to tank for Caleb. They're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? They may be on the verge of doing it. And so I'm talking about Caleb Williams out of USC, quarterback out of of USC. And so normally when teams are trying to position themselves for that number one pick or that top pick in the draft, you're going to see a sale, a roster sale. They're going to try to get, they're going to try to get as much capital as they can. And they're going to look at their, their roster and see who has the most value. And when you look at the Denver Broncos roster, the guy who has the most value is Patrick Sutan, the second. I mean, he is. And that guy is a fantastic cornerback. 6'2", 202. Put him in any scheme, and the guy's going to – he's going to excel. He really is. 23. 23 years old. Um, Let me see here. Second year, 
I think he's in the second year of his, of, of his rookie deal. No, I'm wrong. He's in, he's currently in the third year of his rookie. He was drafted in 21. So he's currently in the third year of his rookie deal. But being a former first round draft pick, now here's 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 the other luxury is that we if the if the Bills were to acquire him, we would have that fifth year option. And so we would have him for the remainder of this year, right? And then two additional years after that on a very, very uh, cap-friendly number, rookie contract. And then we can discuss, you know, terms of his of his extension or whatever in the future. And the future may be sooner than we think when you look at Tredavious White and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that – so when you look at the timing of that and how the contracts really, you know, line up, that may be a good deal because you'd have him with Benford and, and, and whatever. And if you decided to trade to use the Kyrie Elam as compensation, yeah. But I would I would imagine that it would probably take more than Kyrie Elam in a fourth or a fifth round pick. They're probably you're probably gonna have to jump that thing up. You have to do a player like Elam plus like a second, maybe, or third. I don't know. I don't I don't see the Broncos parting with a I mean, you know what I'm saying, with parting with him for a fourth or a fifth round pick with Kyrie Elam, especially when Elam has looked like he's looked. <laughs> They're going to call Brandon Bean and be like, look, are you crazy? No, man. I need more than that. So, yeah, I'm not too sure about that, buddy. But um, I do like Pastor Ted. Like, that's the guy that I have my eyes on. I really do. Um, GQ comes in again with another super chat here. Let me pull it up. Um, I apologize. I missed it earlier. Let me try to pull back and, and, and find it here. There it is. He says, y'all, I think the Bills would have to approach it like how they did when we traded for Diggs. We knew we had to get a wide receiver in the draft, but Bean wanted a wide receiver with experience. I think they could do it for Satan second and fifth for a trade. I mean, that's possible. I don't know because you have to think that the Denver Broncos are going to drive that price all the way up. We're talking about a former first-round draft pick who's not like Kyrie Elam. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... You're, you're probably going to have to be a player. I mean, if you're trying to swap players, you're probably going to have to add Kyrie Elam plus a second-round draft pick. And they may ask for more than that. I don't know. And we know Brandon Bean, he loves his draft picks. We know he loves them. But, you know, like uh, Sean McVay, like Sean McVay, and I mean, you know, hey, man, forget them draft picks. At this stage in the game, especially when you're picking low, man, forget those draft picks, man. I'll part with them things, man, for 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 proven production and if that gets me patches if i can trade it i might even be willing to trade a first round draft pick and Kyrie elam for pass ten that's how like that's how much i'd be willing to do it just saying and on the surface it may seem like a lot but yeah the only difference though here gq with with that is that you know we got stefan diggs in the offseason ahead of the draft now it's the middle of the year. We'll see. I don't know. Brandon Bean does not, you know, he hasn't really done it. Has Brandon Bean ever, in his tenure with the Buffalo Bills, has he ever made a trade ahead of the deadline? Besides Kelvin Benjamin. I think Kelvin Benjamin might have been the only one. But has there been another? You know, it's escaping me. But, that, but that's how few and far in between it really is. But I appreciate your super chat, buddy. Um, 
Yo, Kim Bet says, yo, there is still hope for. Oh, never mind. I thought I thought you were talking about. Are you talking about Elam, Kim? We'll see. Anyway, yeah, if so if he's gonna go for it, that's the guy I'm looking at. That's the guy I'm looking at. Or or if you know you look at a wide receiver, give me a guy like 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 Jerry Judy. Bring I don't care, man. Bring him on. Bring him on. Maybe even Cortland Sutton. You know, I don't care. But can you imagine? You've got Stefan Diggs. Let's just say, let's say Cortland Court, Sutton may be more digestible for your palate, right? Let's say you got Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs in the slot, plus Kincaid and Knox. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, like the Bills may have to make a decision on what side of the ball they really want to invest in, considering you know the money and 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 the injuries. The Bills may be like, hey. The offense is going to have to score 30-plus a game because the defense may – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, man. It's a long season. It's a long season, baby. It's a long season. We shall see. Let's dive into this matchup here. Players to watch in this game. Shout-out to everybody in the chat, man. Go ahead and smash that like, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done it. Players to watch ahead of this New York Giants-Buffalo Bills Sunday night football matchup first and foremost i want to give a shout out to tyrod taylor the drought breaking quarterback of the buffalo bills who i hope the buffalo bills bills mafia sunday night give that man a standing ovation when you see him walk onto the field they give that man his, his roses give him his flowers give him a standing ovation tyrod taylor for many people, myself, man, he was probably the best and my most favorite drought-era quarterback the Bills have had. I love Tyrod Taylor. Granted, there were there times where, Ty would, where Tyrod would frustrate the heck out of me in games? Yes, because Tyrod Taylor had a propensity for not cutting it loose. He would not throw the ball for nothing. The man hated turnovers. Something you can't say about Josh Allen. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, so, but but like to his detriment, like he would not throw the ball. We would see a receivers open, throw the doggone ball, Tyrod. He wouldn't do it. He would be content with just taking off and running for the first down. And it frustrated me. It frustrated me. And teams started figuring out, hey man, like he won't throw across the middle of the field. You won't do it. All he's going to do is throw on the outside. That's what he did. But nevertheless, man, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, uh, he had one of the most beautiful deep ball passes that you will see in the NFL. The most, I'm talking about, man, that, that, oh, dude, that, that, that man's deep ball was a thing of art and beauty. I remember that Percy Harvin. Do y'all remember that Percy Harvin touchdown? Yo, Tyrod Taylor's deep ball was so good. He it earned him that commercial. What was that commercial? Uh, Golly, man, you remember that commercial where uh it was I think it was a car commercial where he was where he where he threw the ball, a deep ball into like the the window the the, the car, the window the, the they had the window roll down and he threw the ball deep and it landed in the car with the window roll down. That's that's how that's how good that man's deep ball was, where they made a commercial about it. You know. But anyway, shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Um, love the dude. He's a good brother, man, and just really just an all-around good guy, too. 
Um, very professional. Loved him. Um, hope he does not beat us. I was making I was I was making fun um, in our group chat about Tyrod Taylor. I said, "Yo, dude, Tyrod Taylor is about to he's about to put a whooping on these boys. He's about to he's about to he's about to come back and go vintage Seattle Seahawks Tyrod Taylor. Y'all remember that game against the Seahawks where he I think he had just under 300 yards passing, but he had like his best game probably of his of his career in Buffalo. And unfortunately, the Bills lost. But man, like he was on fire. Like I, like I was like saying, "Hey, man, Tyrod, man, Tyrod is gonna he gonna come out here and light these guys up." Y'all better watch out. I feel, I feel, I feel the same way about Tyrod. Like, like Rico feels about Nate Peterman. That's how I feel. I like Tyrod, man. I really do. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm I would like to see him just for, just for that sake. You know, I hope that Bill's mom feel like I mentioned, man, gives him his roses and a standing ovation because the guy deserves every last bit of it. But when we look at the matchup, there's other players on the Giants roster that I think that, I mean, despite their their record, the Bills need to watch out for these players. And they really do. And for me, um, you have to look at offensive, I mean, uh, offensive. Outside linebacker, Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, pass rusher for the Giants. Got off to a slow start in his career. Got off to a slow start this year, but man, has he been on fire the last few games. He has racked up four sacks so far this year. Four sacks, five QB hits, and eight total pressures. Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy the Buffalo Bills offensive line definitely has to look out for and make sure that they have an eye on wherever he is because he has a potential and he has the ability to wreck a game plan. He really does. And just wreck a defensive line. I mean, offensive line. Now, whether he's going to be lined up on Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, and please forgive me, the Giants fans, you know, if, if I don't, you know, for not knowing, but I don't know if Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, moves him around or not, but he's definitely a guy that I guarantee you, Sean McDermott, circle. We need to find out where KT is. Number five is where is he at? You know what I'm saying? Where is he? Because that guy has a lot of talent. Like I said, four sacks, five QB hits, eight pressures. Another guy that Man, for some reason, like people are not really talking about this guy. At least I haven't really heard a lot about it, about this guy in this matchup. I think, I think maybe, and this probably could be to our detriment, not necessarily saying it's going to bite us in the butt as Bills fans, but maybe because we look at this team and we say it's the New York Giants. We look at their, their, their uh, roster being decimated by injuries. And we, and, and we like, this is a cakewalk, right? But we overlook some of the talent that they actually have on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, the next player we have to look out for, man, is, is, is big man Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. My gosh. If the Buffalo Bills overlook that guy, they're going to be in trouble. Dexter freaking Lawrence, man, is nasty. He is nasty. Like, look at the numbers. 18 pressures from an interior defensive line. Interior defensive line. 18 pressures in five games. PFF has graded him with an 87.2 grade in run defense. And that ranks number one. Number one in the NFL. 
for the interior defensive line position in run defense. And then he is number five in pass rush with an 88.8 PFF pass rush. Great. Like Dexter Lawrence is a guy. Oh. Like the offensive line of the Buffalo Bills have been pretty good keeping Josh upright this year so far. They've done a good job. And they have faced off against some very good defensive linemen. Here's going to be another one. You got KT on the outside, and then you've got Dexter Lawrence inside. You got 340 pounds coming at you, 6'4". One of the top two or three defensive tackles in the National Football League right now, bar none. He's that, he's that dude. He's that dude. And uh, if there's anything that can really wreck the Buffalo Bills offensive game plan, it's the Bills not accounting for them or not even being able to stop what Dexter Lawrence can bring to this game. And then when you look at, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that here a little bit later when I, when I talk about um, the keys to big dubs. I'll get into that a little bit later. But Dexter Lawrence is a guy we have to watch out for, man. He, 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 is, he is really something that he, he's a player that, that can, can, can just really just wreck the entire game plan with the Buffalo Bills. He really can. Now, another guy that I have my eyes on, um, and we really don't know because he has a questionable tag so far, uh, that's Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley plays, the Buffalo Bills better key on him, right? And I get it. He's coming off an injury. Yada, 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 you know, but still, man, like he, he is him. Saquon Barkley is him. Now to what degree of him we're going to see Sunday, if he does play, you know, is, is, is up for debate. But if he does play, I guarantee you, man, the Buffalo Bills are going to be watching him and circling him. They, they, they have, they have some guys that can do some things. Am I overly concerned? No, not at all. Just some players that I think we need to watch out for. Okay. Now, when we look at the matchups, what matchups really intrigue you all? For me, um, I want to take a look at, you know, and I say this almost every week because it starts up front, and it really does. It really does. Yo, does, does anybody else love how good Osiris Torrance has been playing this year? Like Osiris Torrance, yo, he has been phenomenal for a rookie to come in, take the job away from a veteran in Ryan Bates, and hold his own against some of the NFL's premier defensive tackles. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Now, he's going to have a tough task against Dexter Lawrence if he happens to go up against him. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to have to have, man, Mitch is going to have some problems. You know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah, I'm looking at that matchup right there. Dexter Lawrence on Torrance. Lawrence on Torrance. Got my eyes on that. Um, outside of that, <laughs> yo, I hate, to, I hate to really say this, but, I mean, is there really another matchup? Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I'm looking... And and I really think that that this game that the Bills could should just mollywop these guys. They're injured. I mean, they, they're injured like crazy. I'm I'm going. I'm trying to go through my head. I'm looking at them on offense. Okay, Saquon Barkley if he plays, yeah, okay. 
receiving weapons, I mean, they could be without Darren Waller, but you know, uh Wandale Robinson, you know, and, and, and Teron Johnson, yeah, maybe. Jalen Jalen Hyatt is a guy. Is he playing? I think he's gonna be playing. That can be a guy that 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 could uh that could make Kyrie Elam look bad and ruin any trade value we possibly could have. <laughs> and Jalen Hyatt can run by him and meet in and, 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 and just just light him up and be toast. It'd be and then you know you got Tyrod Taylor in that beautiful deep ball, man. Like hey, I'm telling you, it could be a match made in heaven. We might see it. We might see it at least once in this game. Yeah, LT says, yo, Benford is back. Yeah, I know it, but Benford doesn't have the speed. Nobody's going to be able to keep up with height. If he runs full speed and he gets and he gets a free release, is I don't care who it is. You're not, you're not keeping up with him. He's going to run by you. He'll run by you. So, uh, you know, and then you got Tyrod with that deep ball, man. Like, it, it could be it could be bombs over Baghdad. I'm just kidding. I'm really just kidding. Uh, yeah, man, LT, yo, Bills win, right? Bills, Bills win. Can we just say that? Can we put that in the books? Bills dub. All right, Bill's done. We're gonna get to it, but I want to get to a another segment. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I have to, do, I have to do it. I have to do it. I gotta do it. And uh, that is put up, shut up. Put up or shut up time, ladies and gentlemen. Who needs to put up or shut up in this game? Who has really just ticked you off in this? You know what I'm saying so far? On the Buffalo Bills, who's ticked you off? You're like, man, I'm tired of this dude right here. Like, he ain't done anything. I need to see more out of him. Who's, who's really ticked you off? And who's a player that, you just, that you're excited to see more of? For me, this player right here falls in the ladder. I'm not ticked off by any means, and then, uh, you know, by this player. But I am glad to finally see him. Considering he's been inactive every single game so far, that's Puna Ford. That's Puna Ford. He he has an opportunity, man, to really, to really do something. Right with the absence of Daquan Jones, and definitely with the torn pec, Puna Ford has an opportunity in front of him to really solidify that one tech position. And come in and be like, hey, this is the reason why Brandon Bean went after me. And 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 I, you know, I don't really mean mean to like blow it up like that because it wasn't like like he was like this sought after, you know, free agent. You know what I'm saying? But but he's talented. He is talented. And uh, so yeah, I want to see, I want to see Puna. I want to see him. I mean, there, there, there's there's when you think about it, I mean, there's a reason why he's been he, that he, he that the coaches hadn't activated him all year, right? I mean, if he was that dude, like he wouldn't even been activated. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, it, like they say, oh, it's a numbers thing, okay. But if you're good, you don't that numbers thing doesn't doesn't phase you. You know what I'm saying? Like like is Puna Ford not better than? Is he not better than uh, Jordan Phillips? Not better than Daquan. I mean, the Daquan. Tim Settle. Like, he hadn't been activated. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to find out. I'm, I'm not trying to hype him up. I don't, you know, I don't know how much we can expect out of him, but I am interested in seeing what he can bring to the table, finally, 
So I need Puna to put up, man. I need I need him to put up. I really do. Um, shout out, shout out first and foremost, man. To yo Snoop, shout out, baby. Snoop hopped on yo. He'd been a member, just became a member of the channel. Shout out to my man Snoop. You guys drop some fire emojis in the chat from my man Snoop. I appreciate you, baby. You've been watching for a long time, man. He just now became a member. Shout out to you guys, man. Shout out. I appreciate it, Snoop. Much love. Much love. So Puna Ford is a guy that, that, that I'm I'm definitely looking out for. Um, I need I need I need him to put up. Another player. I have I have mentioned this guy before. I really have. And I don't even know if he's worth me even mentioning again. Because I feel like the coaching staff is like, yo, Dane Jackson, yo, can you please play? Please play. Are you good? Please tell me we don't have to play this brother. And that's Kyrie Elam. He has been a disappointment this year. He really has. I spoke about it last week. Well, not last week, the week before last. But how he needs to put up or shut up. This guy needs to put up or shut up. He has an opportunity, a golden opportunity in front of him in London to solidify himself, to say, hey, you know what? Forget all that. Here's the reason why they drafted me in round one. Had a slow start, but here's the round. I'm here. What happened? He freaking ended up getting benched at the end of the, at the, end of the game. Like, like, you're like, McDermott's like, I'm done. I'm tired of seeing you. I'm tired of seeing you. Kyrie Elam, dude, dude, come on, man. And we're talking about using him as trade as trade bait. Who's going to bite? You know, who's going who's gonna to take that bait? Who, after, after not just five games, but we're talking about a season and a half of tape of Kyrie Elam, who's really going to take that bait and be willing to part with a guy like Pat Satan without, without you ponying up in draft compensation? Kyrie Elam, dude, like, and I get it. Like, Kim was like, yo, look, like, look at who he was covering last week. Okay. But at what point, though, at what point do you expect him to come in and say, hey, I don't care who I'm covering? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Like, I get it. Calvin Ridley. Okay. I get it. Christian Kirk. Okay. Fine. We're not talking about like, they're not like the best receivers in the NFL. I mean, look at Dane Jackson, undrafted. Or no, no, sixth round, seventh round, seventh round draft pick. Same thing for him. When he stepped up, he had to step up and play against competition. And he did it. Same with Levi Wallace, undrafted player. He had to step up and he did it. We're talking about a first round draft pick in Kyrie Elam. I'm not babying him. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Oh, well, you know, he would look at the receiver. I don't care who he went up against. I don't care. You're first round draft pick, dude. Played in the SEC. All the physical talent and traits in the world. And you get on the field, and you're showing me why the coaching staff has has set you on the bench and not even giving you a jersey. This guy, he needs to put up. He needs to put up, or he could, or he could, he could be on his way out as soon as this year. I need him to, I need him to do it. And I want him to do it. Is that like I don't want man look, I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a Bills fan, so like I want everybody to succeed. 
I want Kyrie Elam to succeed because if he succeeds, the rest of the team succeeds. It's better for the rest of the team. Can you imagine if Kyrie Elam finally gets it, the light bulb finally cuts on, and he performs well. And he performs like a first-round draft pick. Now you start seeing, oh, this is why they drafted him in round one. I would love it because then you got him, you got Benford, and you got Trey White coming back next year. Hopefully he comes back. So, yeah, I want it to happen. But, man, my trust and my faith in Kyrie Elam is at an all-time low, and it's just getting lower and lower as the week goes by. I don't know. We'll see. And then even if he, even if he does do good this game, Look at who he's going up against. Who on the Giants is, is really worth you being like, okay, yeah, yo, yo, he held it down against X, Y, and Z. Wandell? Jalen? I mean, like, who? He needs to put some games, the back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games, you know what I'm saying, on film consistently for me to be able to be like, all right, he's all right, here we go. We got this week. Pages is going to be another boo-boo test, right, because they don't have nobody either. Juju and, and, and Dudu is who they got over there. So, you know what I'm saying? So so don't be fooled if he looks good the next couple of weeks. Look at who they play. Show me against the, against the Buccaneers. Well, you got Mike Evans. And, and, and then, then we talk, and, and, and Godwin, and then we could talk, okay? Anyway, man. Anyway. That's who I think needs to put up a shut up. I mean, it's just those two, those two players. Anybody on offense? On offense, you know what? I'll say this. Offensively, I need Dalton Kincaid. Like, I, Ken Dorsey, please, will you please figure out a way to get this brother involved in the game plan and have him targeted? Like, Give him the ball. I am I am tired of seeing Dawson Knox get these get these these targets. I don't want to see it no more. I don't want to see it. Can we flip that? Flip it and reverse it, like my like, like my girl Missy Elliott says. Flip it and reverse it. You know what I'm saying? Dawson Knox cannot run a route to save his life. He cannot do it. I saw a clip of him running routes in practice and met the man running a simple slant. And he's planting with the wrong foot, like he's like he's fumbling, bumbling all over himself. Like he's he can't run around, he can't separate. We see it. You know I'm saying unless it's like a spectacular catch or he's you know kind of leaked out in the flat, wide open. You know what else is he really bringing? Red zone, nah. Yeah, we're not using him. Give me the guy that you traded up for in round one. That's tight end one to me. Let me see him. I need him to put up. Show me. And this may be this may be on on Ken Dorsey, not necessarily on on uh, Dalton Kincaid at all. I think Ken Dorsey is just like he ain't using them. All this talk in the offseason about all this twelve personnel, this and this twelve personnel, that and this guy is this, and you're not even using him. Like I need him to be targeted. Give Dalton Kincaid show. Let that be the Dalton Kincaid show. And yeah, like dogs, like dog said, yo, Kincaid is a dog too. You the dog on right he is, man. Like, he is that dude. Get him involved. Figure out a way. Be creative, Ken Dorsey. That's, that's your job. Because I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> when this brother gets going, 
and you figure out and you find out how you can get him move him around a lot use him as a in an elite weapon that he really is i believe it we've seen it on college in college we see what he can do move him around get him involved early and all early and often heck i'd even be okay if he's like your secondary uh uh target you know what i'm saying like like you got digs and then boom you look at kincaid Otherwise, I'm going to be questioning that draft pick. Not because of him, but because of whoever pulled that trigger to get him and they're not using him. Anyway, I need to see him. And I think the fan the fan base is like waiting for it. Like I want like I so badly want to see like a seven reception, 88 yard, one touchdown game. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, yes. Give it to me. Give it to me all day, every day. That's what I want to see. Kim Betts, she comes in, she says, like, yo, wait, James Cook is cooking this week. Well, Kim, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because when I look at keys to big dubs, as my man Jordan Porter says. Big dubs! I think the Bills definitely need to incorporate the run game again. Get the run game going again like they have been the three games that they want. Right? We can't have James Cook rushing for only five attempts. I mean, you got five carries. What is that? And then you abandon the run and be like, oh, well, they stopped the run. Man, come on, five five carries, and you abandon a run, and then you say they stopped it after five. Come on, really? And can we please put this daggum play, ship it, send it overseas in London, you know what I'm saying, with the rest of that game, and to never see it again, that, that blasted sprint draw. I don't want to see that play ever again unless it works. But – it hadn't been working. I don't want to. I hate that play. I hate it. 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 And it, it seems like that's all the Bills do. First down. Oh, let's do a sprint draw. Up the gut. Boom. Negative two-yard gain. Second and 12. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's we have to be more creative than run game. We have to, Ken Dorsey. And it's going to be tough sledding. Against the Giants defensive front, I know people are like, well, there's just Giants and Bills are going to wax them. Yeah, I believe that too, but I don't think it's going to be in the run game. I could be wrong, but when you got big Dexter Lawrence in the middle, uh, are you running on that? I mean, this guy is what? What did I say earlier? What was he, top five in the, in the league or, or number one? Number one in the NFL in run defense from PFF. Number one, 6'4", 340. You moving him? You're going to run these balls up the middle? You think you're going to run it up? If Ken Dorsey runs another running play up the gut, especially on big boy Dex, and it gets blown to smithereens like it's likely going to do, I'm going to be at my wits end with Ken Dorsey. And I'm trying to hold on because I like some of the things that he's been doing with the with – the, 
with the balance attack, underneath attack, all that kind of stuff. But man, in the run game, sometimes he just makes me just scratch my head. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what is that play? Certain plays he runs over and over again that are just terrible. That's one that's terrible. It's going to be tough sledding up against this defense line. I don't know if they're going to be able to run against Dexter Lawrence. And Leonard Williams, I don't know. I think, to me, air it out. Air it out. I would like to see the, the, the run game get going, but if you're going to run the ball, run it outside. Run it outside. Okay? Another key. Another key. It's a big dubs for me. It's going to be Josh Allen and this offense just playing within themselves. We need protection up front from Dexter Lawrence and KT. Okay, we need that. Don't do nothing stupid. Don't pull another London fiasco offensively. Don't do that, okay? And you got to watch out for that linebacker too. Okarinkway, is that his name? Because that guy, he's nothing to play with. So if the Bills can keep Josh upright and just play within the offense, man, do what's been working the past few weeks that, 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 Come on, man! Like against the Raiders and the and the and the Commanders and the and the Dolphins, like do that, and the Bills will be fine. We need on a consistent basis, by the way. Okay, consistently, it will be fine. This should be a fairly easy game. Defensively for the Buffalo Bills, I mean, is there? I mean, I I, I don't think that there's. Any reason for concern? Really? For the Bills defensively, I mean, when they when you look at who they're going up against, Tyrod Taylor, depleted offensive line for the Giants, de- completely decimated by injuries. They have no weapons. They may have Saquon Barkley back, who's dealing with an injury. Bondell, who? You know what I'm saying? Jalen Hyatt, who's who's just a, a, a burner. Darren Waller injured. You know what I'm saying? Like, like who do they have? This the Buffalo Bills should be able to destroy them. Destroy them defensively should be nasty, so I have no concern. Kyle Elam, if you're playing, don't make Wandell Robinson look like a Pro Bowl receiver. Just don't do that, and we'll be good. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that, and we'll be good. Let me see here. Um, I'm looking here in the chat. I do think, oh, I agree with this. I agree with this. So, um, where'd he go? Buffalo Dave, he comes in and says, y'all, I think Dorsey can't wait to go up against Dayball. LOL. You know what? This is probably, this is like an underlying matchup, right? And it's not necessarily like, like Dorsey versus Dave's because Dave, Dorsey ain't really going up against them. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's like, it's like the, it's like the, the student wanting to, to to prove himself to the teacher, right? Or to his master. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he sat underneath Dayball all these years and learned. He wants to show that, hey, look at what I've done and look at what I can do with this offense with Josh Allen. And I can do it better than what you're able to do. I like that. Um, I will say this though, also, as depleted as this team is, don't think for one second that that Brian Dayball isn't. 
going to bring the house. Like, and what I mean by that is, is he's going to bring every trick in the book and then because he wants to show up Sean McDermott. He he want he's not then it's not gonna go into Buffalo and just roll over. They're gonna get you. You can expect to get the very best of the New York Giants, even considering the amount of injuries that they have to play deal with. You're gonna get you're gonna get their you're gonna get it. They're gonna be fighting. It's probably gonna be chippy. They're gonna try to send a message. I think their defense is probably gonna try to do some things. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we can expect that. Dayball is probably going to be trying to be very, very tricky. You know what I'm saying? Right? I could ex- probably expect some some special teams, tricks, you know what I'm saying? Some all that, all that. You know, I don't think anything is 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 off the table. So we need to be prepared for all of that kind of stuff. Because Dayball wants to show up, Sean McDermott. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Um, but he wants to. Okay. And so that's another thing you want to watch out for. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the time of the show. And we get to talk about score predictions, baby. Score predictions. We talked about the keys to big dubs. Now it's time for score predictions. And let me put my music on so we can get that thing popping in the background. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Score prediction time, baby. Drop your scores in the chat right now. What do you think is going to happen? Can you see a 40-burger? Is it going to be a 40-burger for the Buffalo Bills? Is it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a complete blowout by the Buffalo Bills? Or will Tyrod Taylor lead the New York Giants to a surprise victory over the Buffalo Bills? Let me know what you have to say about that in the chat right now. Drop them, baby. Let's get it popping. Buffalo Dave, first 40 burger of the show, 45-13, rough buff. And hey, if, if you're if you think it's gonna be 40 burger, just drop those burger emojis, man. Just just drop them. Let me see it. Let me see it. I got 45-13 from Buff. I've got yo, the angry gamer 42-14. Buffalo. All right. Buffalo Snowy 7 comes in. 50 burger. 52 to 10. Let me ask you this question. Since uh, Buffalo Snowy put this prediction up 52 to 10, if Sean McDermott and these Buffalo Bills get out, I mean, they they open up a can of whooping. You know what I'm saying? All of them. At which point does Sean McDermott call off the dogs? At what point does he call off the dog? Does he say, all right, enough is enough, man. I, I respect Dave's too much and, and Joe Shane to really, you know, just like lay it on him like that, especially considering the fact that they're dealing with all these injuries. At what point in the game does Sean McDermott call off the hounds and say, hey, Josh, you and the, you and, you and the starters, y'all go enjoy yourselves on the sideline, whatever. Let's, let's bring up the second team. At what point did they call off the hounds? What's the score when they, when they do that? What's the – what is it? Because fifty two ten sales, man, yeah, that's yeah, I don't see I don't see Sean McDermott putting up fifty on Dable. Not that he can't. I just don't in, in gamesmanship and respect, I don't think he'll do it. Let me see. I've got Ronald Ringler coming in. 31-16, Buffalo. All right. 
I like it. YPN519 says 53 to 3. Yikes. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Kim Betts comes in 38 to 9. Bills. AFAX says 28-13. I like it. Juan Castillo. 53 to 6. 53 to 6. Buffalo eats is what he said. Yeah, I think this is going to be, this game could get, could get out of hand. It really could. If the Bills come in and they, and they do what they got to do, this game could get out of hand really early. I'm, I'm talking about like halftime early. You know what I'm saying? Like they could be out like 28-0 halftime. Like that, that's how nasty it could get. But if they up 28-0, they can't they can't pull a Colorado Buffaloes like they like they did last night, you know what I'm saying? And give up the dub up 29-0 at halftime and you lose the game in overtime. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's see here. Jermaine comes in. He says, yo, 30 to 13 Buffalo. Rich G, 49 to 3. I like it. Adam Zinzelmeyer. I hope I pronounced that right and didn't butcher your last name, Adam. If I did, please forgive me. But he said 24 to 0 Giants. <laughs> Can you imagine that? If the Giants come out and blank the Bills like that? Oh my gosh. It'll be it, yo, it'll be pitchforks at one Bills by one Bills drive. Everybody will be trying to fire Sean McDermott if they go out here and lose like that to the Giants. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be nasty. Let's hope that doesn't happen, Adam. I'm just saying, says, yo, ugly win for Buffalo, 27 to 20. Yo, is it like that? Like that, man? Another close game? And they barely, oh, man. Yo, what does is, what is Vegas say? What does Vegas say? What are, what's, what are the odds, man? Let me see here. Uh, Bills, Giants. Let me take a look. Because I hadn't, I hadn't even looked at it. So it's looking like... All right, so the, the spread is... All right, so we got 15 and a half. Bills are 15 and a half point favorites. Over, under, looks like... Uh, instead at 43 and a half points. 43 and a half points. Are you going? Oh, man. Dang. 15 and a half. That's crazy. And it just might, they just might smash it like that. Bill I Am comes in and says, yo, 38 to 10. New Jersey Giants touchdown at the end of the game. Mm. They might give up one. Joshua G with the same score, 38 to 10. Uh, let me see here. Alpha Rob, 44 16. Yo, you know what? I, I don't I don't know if okay. Let me give you my score prediction. Let me give you my score prediction. Charlotte Weimer says, yo, 45-10 Buffalo. 45-10 Buffalo. Juan Castillo says 44-3 by the end of the third quarter. Hmm. Yo, Adam says 21-17 Giants. Oh my gosh. You tripping. 45-10 Buffalo. All right. I think I already called that one. Let me give you. Let me give you my score prediction. I'm looking at it. So we got 43 and a half. Set for the over-under. Set at 43 and a half points. 15 and a half point overdog. I mean overdog. 15 and a half point favorite. The Bills are. Oh, let me see here. 
I think because I think that I think Sean McDermott is going to call up the Hounds. So for me, I'm looking at I am looking at I like I like 38 to 10. I saw a couple 38 to tens in there, and I like that score. I feel I feel pretty good about that score. 38 to 10, and I know that's like, man, yo, is that calling pounds? I mean, they really could put up 50 probably. You know what I'm saying? If they really are on their A game, they really could. 38 to 10 sounds like a a good shellacking. You know what I'm saying? And I'm giving I'm giving the Giants 10 points, but I really it could be a blank. It really could be like a 38 to 0 thing. But I'll give them 10 points. I'll give them 10 points. And it could be like on a fluke busted coverage type of play. That's my prediction, baby. 38 to 10. Your Buffalo Bills over the New York Giants at Highmarks at Highmark Stadium on Sunday night football. That'll do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. That'll do it for me. Thank you all so very much for tuning in with, for your man. Be sure on your way out to hit that like button. Comment and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. Visit supportbf.com and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Take a look at some of the incredible articles written by our fantastic contributors. Go get you some merch. Cop that merch this season, baby. It is going down. No need to be concerned about the Buffalo Bills going forward. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to be good. We're going to handle business Sunday night, and we're all going to be happy and enjoy the rest of our weekend. Until next time, baby, it's your man, Rev. As always, grace and peace. God bless. And until next week, baby, go Bills. I'll holler at y'all. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.